Welcome to Sense and Nonsense A to Z, where we pick topics based off of the letter of the day. Today is episode 23 of season one, featuring the letter W. We're family and we're your hosts, A, T, and Z. So let's get started. Starting off with Vitam. Vitam? It's actually spelled with a W, but yes, Vitam. Oh, it's Polish for hello. Oh. And you're a little Polish. I'm a little bit Polish, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of sports, which is Wimbledon. Okay. Going on right now. And unfortunately, Serena Williams lost in the first round. Really? Yeah. The tournament wraps up with the women's final on Saturday, July 9th, and the men's on Sunday, July 10th. So um, yeah, my girl's out. What are you going to do? Wow. I know. She usually dominates. I know. But um, yeah, you know, she's getting older. So yeah. You know, yeah, I I get it. I got a bizarre story for you. Okay. Letter W, whistling scrotum. What? Yeah. So 72-year-old man from Ohio went to the ER because of some hissing noise coming from his genitals. Scans revealed that his lungs had collapsed and air was building up inside of his body. And there was some whistling going on from down there. The source of the whistling was an open wound on the left side of his scrotum. The wound was left over from a testicle surgery that he had to reduce the swelling a couple months earlier. And the air was escaping from there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) And what a pickup line that is, right? (laughs) Hey, honey. (laughs) I want to check out my whistling scrotum. I hope he's not picking anybody up at 72 with that. <laughs> That's really dirty old man territory. I know, I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So anything going on with you, Z? Spending a lot of time by the pool. I'm actually getting tan. That's nice. It's weird. I haven't been tan in 25, 30 years. Mm. I go white. I get red. Yes. I have a strange tan line, which is like a different shade of white, but not okay. really tan. Okay. But right now I'm actually, I'm actually getting tan. Like, oh yeah. Look like, at that. Like tan. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Your the body chemistry changes so much. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I'm, I'm entering this phase again. Cause when I was young, I used to get tan. Young, oh yeah. Young. Oh yeah. I would say probably when I was 15 or 16, mm-hmm. it started to change and Right. I, I didn't tan anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me with my olive skin, I used to tan real easy. Mm-hmm. I do get a little red, but I do tan still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tan is good. I yeah. like tan. It's not yeah. bad. It's like, yeah. it's like, Makes wow, you look healthy, I, look healthy. Really. I know for like yeah. the first time in 30 years, <laughs> I look decently healthy. That's all I got in the news. Okay. For W. All right. Well, I have some other stuff, but Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) I have the 10 questions W edition. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, these weird letters are just giving me a hard time. But anyway, I wouldn't have thought W would have been that hard. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was easier than the you. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just not looking forward to uh, Y and Z and X. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So first question, what special thing do you do for wrinkles? Olive oil, smush olive oil on my wrinkles. Oh, okay. And you know, I go on oil. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be working. Do you use the Greek stuff? Greek olive oil? Yeah. I think, I think it's Moroccan. Oh, actually. Yeah. EVOO though, right? Yeah. 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 It has to be. Okay. Second question. Do you play Wordle? No, I don't. I don't either. I know people who do. I do as well. Hooked on it. I know. know, Me too. It's like I need another thing to be addicted on. Yeah, or need (laughs) to make time to do everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Please. Okay. Next question. Wayne Blank. You know, something just popped into my head, but I don't want to say it. (laughs) I I don't want him. I want a different one. I want a better one. I want. I yeah. I don't want him. You know who I thought you were going to come up with? Who? Wayne Brady. 
Oh, <laughs> he's on one of my kids' cartoons. Um, he's no. got a good voice. He does. Yeah. And he's very quick as well. He's, oh, he's very yeah. good. Yeah, he was on uh, The Masked Singer. That's right. He was. Yeah. Did he? And he won, didn't he? I think he did. I, I think, think you're right. I think year, he did yeah. win. Yeah. 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 Um, no, the person who came into my head was Wayne Newton. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, I'm like, but yeah, but you wanted honestly, a better one. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like Don Shane, that's it. That's Don all there is. And I know. I, no. And the Las Vegas um, stuff too. Yeah. But even, even then it's like, yeah. it's not like he's a favorite or anything. No, yeah, offense, no, no, but, no. I mean, you know, yeah, first thing like, that comes in your head. Okay. No, no, no. I'm changing. I want mine. a better one. <laughs> I'm changing mine to Gretzky. Okay. okay that would, you know, Gretzky. that would be mine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking of Wayne from Letterkenny, but oh, people might not. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. That would have been. Have you ever too. seen Letterkenny? I, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I like him though. I like Jared Kiso. Uh -huh. I like him very much. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Okay. Last wedding you attended. I don't this is a rough one. Yeah. Isn't I it? don't want to say actually. Okay. Let me go to another question. Okay. Next question. <laughs> what do you think about wax museums? They freak me out. Aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're really weird. I know. It's not right. I go to them though. <laughs> I've only been once. And it was really bizarre. <laughs> well, the one time that we went, we were just like, um, you know, taking a bunch of pictures and hanging <laughs> yeah. around each yeah. one, whatever, yeah. you know, Marilyn Monroe. Oh, 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 we're going to have a picture with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, they're freaky. Aren't they? they are. It's you know? not right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ever been to Washington, D.C.? And I'm no. not talking about passing by no. on 95, right? Yeah, driving through is the only way. I, yeah, I've too. never been. Me no. too. That's that's terrible. I know. It yeah, is. I remember my class trips. I'm thinking maybe it was fifth grade or sixth grade. I think it's sixth grade. Went to Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. And um my mom no. did not approve of that. No. <laughs> yeah. I I think that we had one class trip there too. And for whatever reason, I didn't go either. Yeah. Yours it's, might have been an overnight. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, yeah it probably was. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, no, yeah. I never have no. gone. Me neither. Isn't that a shame? It is. You know, yeah. I'd really like to see some of the stuff. I know. I'd like to go stand at the bottom of the Lincoln statue. Yeah, and look that's at exactly that. what I was thinking. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, we should go. I know. You and I, seriously, you yeah. and I should go. Yeah. Okay. How often do you work out? I usually do every other day. Oh, okay. So unless it falls on like a, like just a terrible day, like got too much to do. Yeah. Or yeah. like, I don't feel well. Yeah. It's usually like every other day, mm. especially with it being summer and the pools yeah. open. So I like yeah. to go and do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. But if for some reason it's like raining or something like that, then I'll do the bike or something. Yeah. Instead. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. I, I shoot for every day. I know I you do. I didn't do it today because you know, I had to be at the oral surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> at, yeah. At 8 15 and oh, he's my an goodness. hour away. So yeah, oh, that my wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I don't do it so much for the aerobic exercises for strength. So mm -hmm. that's why I do it every other day to give my muscle a day to repair. Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I got a kid who's very strong. Yes, he is. So, and he's so, getting big and he's, he's, he's not just getting big. He is he quite is big. big. <laughs> he's yeah. Big already. Yeah. He, sometimes he forgets that he's real big. He's like a, you know, a puppy that's yeah. grown into a dog. Yeah. yeah. And he forgets and he'll flop on me or something. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ouch. So, yeah. So I got to be able to, you know, wrangle that a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one should be easy. Okay. Favorite Wizard of Oz character. Ooh, it's not easy. Oh, okay. I'm That's sorry. That's not easy. That's not Maybe easy. Maybe the next one will be easy. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, it was always a scarecrow for me. Really? Yeah, because I just like the way his demeanor, the yeah. way he danced, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. How close he was with um Dorothy. I think Dorothy. I think yeah. I would probably Glenda. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I'd look yeah. forward to seeing her. Yeah. I think know? Glenda. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good one. She seemed to know what was up. Yeah, she was smart. She was pretty and smart. Yeah, and she was nice too. And And she kicked butt. Yeah, she did. She did, yeah. Yeah, so I think Glenda. Okay, that's a good answer. Okay, thank you. Okay, Uh, (laughs) next one. Waffles. Is it for breakfast, dessert, or main course? All, all of the above. (laughs) All of the above. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Do you well, do think, the chicken and waffles? Do you do that? I yeah, I've tried it one time. That that doesn't really float my boat. Okay, but I do love waffles. I love yeah. them for breakfast, and I'll have mm-hmm. breakfast at any time of day, really. Yeah. Yeah. But we also had touched one time on the ice cream between exactly. the waffles. Exactly. I mean, come that's on. the dessert one. That's the dessert one. So let's just face it: you can yeah. eat waffles anytime, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? For me. It's the breakfast thing for me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but I do yeah. like the dessert too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do chicken and waffles. It yeah. A lot of people do. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just not a, it's a Southern for thing. Me. It is. Yeah. yeah. And we're from New Jersey. So yeah. yeah. We don't do stuff like that. Yeah. We throw we ice, ice cream, cream on, on it. <laughs> As a okay. matter of fact, I got some ice cream today. I got some Baskin yeah. Robbins cotton candy ice cream. I don't know why, but I saw it and I was like, oh, I must It's pretty. <laughs> Okay. Next question. Do you use witch hazel? Not really. No, I have I some, either. but I don't really use it. And I got to tell you something I found out about witch hazel. What? Because I was thinking about doing sense or nonsense with witch hazel. Okay. So I did a little research. And I moved on to something else just so you know, but mm-hmm. do you know those divining sticks that the old timers used to use to find water? Yeah. That was done with um, witch hazel branches. Huh. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a can, little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's an astringent, so you can use it all different kind of ways. Yeah. But it's also used when um, making bath bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't often I use it. it either. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know if I have any right now. So, yeah. Okay. So last question. Okay. How accurate are weather people? The guys that we have down here on ABC 11 seem to be quite accurate, but nowhere else in the country I have found them to be so accurate. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, you're wrong 50% of the time. And yeah. You still have a job, you know? Yeah. They're used to, we used to bust chops about that all the time, but these yeah. guys that are down here, I mean, they're pretty I, good. Like, like 90% of the time they win the, uh, you know, most accurate award. That's cool. Yeah. If you flip stations, forget Mm -hmm. it. They're all over the place, but it's, if you stay with ABC 11, they are, they are accurate. I think the people on the other station should watch the ABC 11 guys first and then be like, Hey, this is what's going on. So they can get their numbers up. It's almost an endorsement. Yeah. Talk about endorsement. I just want to do a little shout out while I'm, I'm thinking of this. Okay. Wikipedia. Oh yeah. I love Wikipedia. I do too. I use it almost every day. I use it a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and they really don't ask for much. No, they don't. I do do the donations when they ask. Uh, I do too. Yeah, I do too. You have to, because it's a know, resource that you use all the time. And, absolutely. You know, you can't use it and not donate. That's exactly. kind of a jerk move, you know? Exactly. And it's not like you have ads all over the place with it either. No. So, and they're really like asking for like three bucks. They're asking for nothing when yeah. you think about so it's it. Like, come on, you yeah. can, you can, yeah. you can pony up three bucks. Don't yeah. have your specialty coffee that day and help Wikipedia out. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You can make those specialty coffees. What are they? 10 bucks now? It's ridiculous. Some of them are really expensive. Yeah. yeah so yeah. come on. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I love Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. it. I thought you were going to ask me a question about watermelon. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was for sure going to be a food one. Which leads me into sense or nonsense. Oh, really? Because <laughs> that's about watermelon. It is. <laughs> See, I knew something had to be. There you go. It's like, why didn't she ask me any questions about watermelon? Because I was saving it. That's why. Oh, okay. So, So what's the category? (laughs) Watermelon. Oh, watermelon. What a surprise. (laughs) Sense or nonsense? Square shaped watermelon are grown in Japan. Yes, sense. It is a thing. Yep. They also have heart shaped ones. Really? Yes. As the watermelon begins to grow, it's placed in a clear shaped mold. And then with the root 
still sticking out. Uh huh. You know, still attached. Yeah. And then it'll uh, just Conform. keep growing and take the sh- yep, take the shape of it. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I even saw one of Frankenstein's head. <gasps> But the square ones are yeah. very popular because, you know, they stack. Yeah. And they cut well, too. I bet they do. Yeah. Put them in a the cart real nice. Yeah, exactly. Put them in a the fridge real exactly. nice. Exactly. Right. You yeah, got it. Nice pieces. They store real well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Smart. It's, a, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, they're very expensive, too, because I'm of sure that. they are. Yeah. Okay. Sensor nonsense. Watermelon are genetically modified to be seedless. Sense? They're actually a hybrid. Oh. Yeah. They did it with crossing a watermelon with 22 chromosomes with a watermelon with 44 chromosomes. That's how they came up with it. So it was genetically modified. You know. That's that's genetically modifying a a thing. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you that. Placing genes, even though it might have been the old-fashioned way, it still was. (laughs) Okay, I'll give you that too. Yes. Yes. It is. (laughs) <laughs> it was actually started 50 years ago. Seedless. Wow. I, I like, like really? seedless ones. Yeah, I do too. And they say that the white the ones, butt. the white ones are edible. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem with that. Which leads me to my next question. Okay. Sense or nonsense. A watermelon will not grow in your belly if you eat the seeds. Better not. <laughs> Sense. Watermelon seeds are actually quite nutritious. High levels of magnesium, zinc, and protein. But it's recommended that you chew them then spit them out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And of course, I, I would think a, a watermelon would... is not going to grow in anyone's belly. No, belly. no. But that but was it would the scratch, thing. probably scratchy. Scratches oh, I'm sure it's not good. Your yeah. intestine. Yeah, I'm stuff. sure it's not good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, remember when you were a kid? Don't, don't yeah. swallow that. I was silly. Don't yeah. grow in your belly. Yeah. 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 All the dumb stuff adults tell you when you're yeah, young. Yeah, exactly. That was one of them. Yep. Okay, I have some factoids. Okay. Watermelons were cultivated in Egypt more than 5,000 years ago. Wow. Egyptians depicted watermelon in drawings on the walls of tombs and even left watermelons with the dead bodies. Oh, my goodness. For the afterlife. <laughs> eating watermelons in the afterlife. Not eating. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spitting yeah. seeds between. <laughs> That's how you haunt people. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Spit watermelon seeds at them. Watermelon spread from Africa to China in the 10th century. China grows more watermelon than any other country. Also, it's common to bring a watermelon as a gift if you go visit someone. Nice. Mm -hmm. Like a pineapple in Hawaii. Exactly. Nice. And you put a bow on it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. According to Guinness World Records, the largest watermelon ever grown was in 2005 in Arkansas weighing in at 268.8 pounds holy crap i know i was like wow i gotta tell her this one that's massive it's huge right another record for watermelon is seed spitting set in 1995 at 75 feet two inches oh my goodness give yourself a whiplash (laughs) exactly (laughs) watermelons are 92 percent water Early explorers sometimes carried watermelons instead of canteens. Hmm. Historians believe that watermelons came to the U.S. with African slaves in the 1500s. Hmm. Over 300 types of watermelons are grown in the U.S., although only 50 varieties are grown for grocery stores. I'm like, 50 varieties, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just I've found only out- really seen like two. I know. <laughs> the, have you ever had the yellow watermelon? No. No, I haven't either. My mother has, and she said it was pretty good, but it's not quite as sweet as the red. I like it when it's sweet. Me too. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Talk about sweet. We think of watermelon as a fruit because of its sweet flavor, but watermelon is actually a vegetable. No kidding. It belongs to the cucurbit family with pumpkins, cucumbers, and squash. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Watermelon has more lycopene than any other fruit or vegetable, which is powerful antioxidant, which can reduce inflammation and destroy free radicals. Nice. Watermelon is also high in vitamin C and a good source of fiber. Americans eat more watermelon by weight than any other fruit, of course. Well, yeah, it's heavy as heck. Yeah. 
The rind is like an inch thick. Yeah, exactly. And you just don't eat a little piece of it. When you eat watermelon, yeah. 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 Watermelon producers in America grow more than 4 billion pounds of watermelon annually. Wow. And the last thing I have here is Mark Twain loved watermelon. He called it the food of angels. Oh, yeah. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. There you have it. Watermelon. And Mark Twain. (laughs) I like Mark Twain. Yeah, me too. Okay. For my favorite W movie, Mm -hmm. I have picked The Witches of Eastwick. 1987. Oh my God. I haven't seen that forever. Yeah. This is an old favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when I told my mother that I was doing witches of Eastwick, she was like, Oh, we love that movie. And I was like, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, Mm -hmm. I used to watch that movie a lot when I was a kid and it was really inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, it wasn't inappropriate. It was fun. And, and, I, and I, then I watched it and I'm like, yeah, this was inappropriate for a 10 year old. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause you, you I, got through it. I you did. Grew, you grew yeah. up. Okay. Thank I, God. I was okay. Yeah. I wasn't scarred for life or anything. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was. And I just don't know. <laughs> maybe. I love the cast of this movie, Jack Nicholson, Cher, Susan Sarandon, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> so in the uptight, small New England town of Eastwick, Three best friends, Alexandra Medford, Jane Spofford, and Suki Ridgemont, get together every Thursday night to support each other and lament their lots over drinks and endeavors like macrame and Chinese aphrodisiac cooking. (laughs) They decide they're too young to just pack it in because they are all single at this point in their lives, in their late 30s, early 40s. (laughs) One of their husbands has died and two of them are divorced. So they decide over a large pitcher of martinis to discuss the type of man they should be looking for. (laughs) Okay. So they decide that this man should be from out of town, considering what's in town. Mm -hmm. And he should be somebody nice with a brain that you could talk to, right? Someone you could really be yourself with. And then they really start as they start drinking more, they really start getting into it. A tall, dark prince traveling under a curse. You should be romantic, someone not too handsome with nice eyes, a nice butt and a penis that works. <laughs> so they wind up conjuring Daryl Van Horn, who is played by Jack Nicholson. Right. And he describes himself as your average horny little devil. Yep. And the first time we encounter him, we hear him before we see him. It's at a recital where Jane, played by Susan Sarandon, is playing the cello. And there's a little three piece going on. And this concert is just delightfully boring. And we begin to hear the otherworldly snoring going on. And everyone is turning around to see who's making this massive racket. And we see him just leaning back, his head's back. He's all askew and he's just balls out snoring and grunting like a total maniac. Right. And it's echoing all through the hall. And you just know this is not a normal guy. (laughs) And everyone else is disturbed and pissed off. But Alex, played by Cher, and Suki, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, are just laughing. Then the concert ends and he, he falls down and wakes him up. And then he gets up and he's just clapping and cheering louder than everyone else. And he's just being completely obnoxious about it. And his eyes are just boring into Jane during this ovation. And Jane is very repressed at Mm -hmm. this point. And she's just kind of off put by this whole thing. But he starts to seduce these women one by one with charm and with magic. Mm-hmm. And the town of Eastwick is in no way ready for a polyamorous relationship, to say the <laughs> least. Right. The so-called medieval morality runs rampant and especially wrought is one of the most prominent members of the town. Select woman Felicia Alden, played by Veronica Cartwright, and her husband Clyde, played by Richard Jenkins, employs Suki at the local newspaper. And as the affair goes on, She gets more and more uptight about this whole situation and she pressures her husband to fire Suki and she pressures some of the other mothers to take out their children from Jane's music classes and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. the women are getting called all sorts of names and people are speculating what's going on up in this this huge mansion and 
Suki has six kids and Alex has a daughter. So they're all just bearing the brunt of this affair that's going on. And the longer it goes on, the more this seems to be driving Felicia mad. And she's just ranting and raving like a possessed lunatic. The Mm -hmm. things that she is saying are way far out there. She thinks that Daryl Van Horn is the devil and that evil has come to Eastwick. And eventually these spoutings of this raving lunatic that used to be his wife are too much for him. And he just winds up killing her while she's having one of her craziest episodes just to get her to stop and have some peace. And the she was women, like possessed. She's like possessed. Yeah. She is like completely off her rocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just can't get her to stop. He can't get her to see reason. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So he winds right. up killing her. And the women feel responsible for this because they've begun to understand that they have power, especially mm-hmm. when they're together. The words that they say and the things that they do make things happen and they feel responsible for Felicia's death. And as a result, they decide that it's best to stop seeing Daryl, even though they really don't want to. Daryl does not take this well at all. Not at all. (laughs) He gets very upset when he's shut down, when he tries to reach out and he starts to turn on them, Mm -hmm. making their worst fears a reality. They're finding this out as they're discovering that they're all pregnant. Suki gets the worst of it. She's in unbearable pain. She's in the hospital and the doctors don't understand what's making her ill because they can't find a reason for it, but they all know that it's Daryl that's doing this. So she entreats Alex to make him stop. So to get Daryl to stop torturing them, they decide to make up with him. And then they send him into town to go get bagels and ice cream so they can steal his grimoire and try and banish him using the text and a voodoo doll that Alex sculpts. (laughs) Everything they do to the doll we see happen to him. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty. (laughs) They stick pins in him. They send him tumbling down the street covered in feathers. You know, he, he winds up in the church. He's covered in ice cream. He's got feathers and they do this disgusting thing with the cherry pits that I'm not even going to talk about. So gross. This part is all funny. Oh, it's so funny. While he's ranting and raving in the church about the affliction of women and maybe God has made a mistake here (laughs) and that perhaps if it is a mistake, then they could do something about it, like find a cure, invent a vaccine, or build up their immune systems. You know, yeah. he's like, what do you think? 20 push-ups a day, and you yeah. never have to deal with a woman again. <laughs> so, so he knows that the girls are doing this to him. Right. And once he kind of collects himself a bit, he starts to drive home like a lunatic. And they're like, well, maybe what, this worked, but what if it didn't work? What are work? we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. If, if it didn't work and he's going to come home, he's going to see this place is a wreck. We've got yeah. it. And so they frantically start cleaning up cleaning as he's up. driving yeah. home and they're throwing his voodoo doll around. And as they are, he's like flying through the back mm-hmm. window of the car. He's hitting the guardrails. I mean, he's slamming all over the place and he's the beast in him is breaking free. And his right hand and his right foot are all animal and beastly looking. And he's got fangs and he's just like, if he could be foaming at the mouth, he would have been his, his true nature is just coming out and he can't hide it anymore. And he walks in and the girls see him and they're like, oh crap, you know, like (laughs) we're in a lot of trouble here. And then he starts unleashing on them and they run to the kitchen to go get the voodoo doll back. And he's just like kind of breaking the house down and, you know, all this stuff is happening and the kitchen's on fire and they wind up dropping the doll, which breaks into three pieces. And that makes him shed the last vestiges of the human portion of himself. And he turns into some kind of like gigantic beast. Mm -hmm. And then they each wind up taking a piece of the voodoo doll and throwing it to the fire. And that's what eventually does banish him. And then we see... 18 months later, they have all wound up living in this mansion together with all the kids. And they have the three little babies who are about nine months old at this point. Right. And they can't think about Daryl when they're all together because they don't want to conjure him back. But even just this little tiny discussion that they have of don't think about him kind of brings him back to all the TVs in this big Mm -hmm. room where there are a Mm -hmm. bunch of television sets. And 
he's so proud of his little boys he sees his little boys and he's like come to daddy give me kisses and he's so happy and they're all boys am i right they're all boys yep yep all boys yeah i haven't and seen it in a long time yeah, yeah yeah and they each have the color hair of their mother black hair red hair blonde mm-hmm. hair mm-hmm. and they come in and he's just like he's cooing and he's so happy to see them and then the ladies come up and they're just like Mm-mm, and they <laughs> shut all Turn the tvs off. off yeah and they kind of banish him again but i just love this movie so much i just for some reason it was I don't very know, different at the time it, it was very different it yeah. was something that we had never seen before especially women kind of taking this kind of power mm-hmm. um, right. we hadn't seen before right. and I, you know i've seen this movie so many times like i said i grew up watching it inappropriately when i was young <laughs> But then throughout my life, I've watched and it's always been a favorite that I've come back to. And I really loved all three of these women together. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. Well, I'm a big Cher fan. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. And I love Susan Sarandon too. Yeah. And all three of them. I love them very Mm -hmm. much. And I Mm -hmm. found out later that George Miller, who directed this movie, didn't want Cher to be in it. He didn't want her to be in the movie. Mm Mm-mm. No kidding. And he called her up and he gave her a rash and a crap about it. It was on her 40th birthday. And she was like crying and he's just kind of unloading on her. And then she finds her chutzpah and she's like, listen, you didn't find me under a rock. You know, I've been nominated for all these things. That wasn't her first movie. Exactly. Like, who do you think you are and all this other stuff? And I love it because in this same year, she goes on to win the Academy Award for Moonstruck. Moonstruck yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like she rocked this movie just mm-hmm. out of spite. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But I didn't know that at the time. But knowing that now, sure. I'm like, oh, good for you. You know, yeah. it's Sorry. different. It's a different movie. It's yeah. fun, but it's yeah. 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 There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And yeah. all like every movie, like the craft and charmed and everything that came after it was kind of inspired by this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say that Michelle Pfeiffer is also a part of the Marvel Universe, playing That's Janet right. Van Dyne, That's who right. is the superhero mother of the Wasp in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And she is also in Avengers Endgame in 2019 and was a part of the final battle against Thanos, where Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., there you gave go. his life <laughs> to restore all the lives lost in the snap. And then she attended Tony Stark's funeral service. And Paul Rudd said that many of the Avengers were a bit starstruck by her. And um, yeah, he said there were all these kind of like little camps, like this is the Thor camp. This is the Guardians camp. Mm -hmm. And this is the Ant-Man camp. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he felt like really like they had the coolest one because Michelle Pfeiffer was in it. And the rest of the guys are kind of starstruck by her. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be reprising her role in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And that's set to premiere in the summer of 2023. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk about The Who. Okay. They originally started as The Detours back in London in 1962 with Roger Daltrey, Pete Townsend, John Entwistle, and the original drummer was Doug Sandham. In February of 1964, they discovered that there was another group called The Detours. So they changed their name to The Who. Good thing. Yeah. The band had secured and failed an audition with Fontana Records in early 1964. The label's producer didn't like the drummer. In addition, the drummer was more than 10 years older than everybody else, and his wife was having some issues with the guy staying out late and stuff. So their management and the guys all decided that it might be time to replace him. In comes Keith Moon. Mm-hmm. So officially, they formed in... April of 1964. You know how you go to the birthday book? Yeah. I go to Rolling Stone, Mm -hmm. like greatest this from Mm -hmm. Rolling Stone, greatest that. So here's what Rolling Stone has to say about these guys. Okay. Yeah. Roger Daltrey, number eight, greatest singer of all time. But as far as lead singers, front men, Mm -hmm. they have him as number six. And I'm kind of with them on that. Okay. 
you and I had discussed Robert Daltrey way back and yeah, you know, he doesn't have the very best voice, mm -hmm. but as far as a front man mm -hmm. and presence, and, yeah, presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's definitely up there. So I was going through some pictures of him and I remember this story way back when of a photographer having an appointment with him. And this is very, very early in his career. And he was just kind of like in a bad mood. He really didn't want to do this. And, you know, she kind of hung out with him and just said, you know, whenever you're ready and that sort of thing. And it, from what I remember, it took a long, long time. And I guess they were like at this beach place. She just encouraged him. Hey, why don't you just go in the water and I'll just take some pictures. This one amazing photo that she took of him. Amazing. It's him in the water up to his nose. So all you can see is nose, his eyes, and his hair, and his curly hair, and everything else is blue. Cool. And his eyes just pop out because his eyes are so blue. Yeah. Also. What a fantastic photo. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So Pete Townsend, Rolling Stone has him at number 10. I would definitely disagree with them on this one. Mm -hmm. I would have him within my top five. There's a writer, a big writer. His name is Dave Marsh. He was the editor of Cream Magazine. He also did some writing for Newsday, Village Voice, and Rolling. In his top 10, he has Pete Townsend number three. Mm. I'm not sure I would put Pete Townsend in front of Eddie Van Halen, but he would be in my top five. He was known for his power chords. He was mm -hmm. known for using feedback. In fact, he worked with Marshall, who's that PA company, the big mm -hmm. PA company, and they developed together that Marshall stack, which was a huge output. Yeah, That's, yeah. They were famous for that. John Entwistle, the ox. He was also called Thunderfingers. It's like Thunderfingers. Okay. Yucky. That's yucky. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> He's in Rolling Stone, number three. I'm with them on that 100%. If you watch some of the videos, he's a genius. Mm -hmm. He's effortless. Just amazing. Unfortunately, he died no two at the age of 57. Wow. Keith Moon, a legendary drummer. He's an animal. A an animal behind John Bottom. Mm -hmm. He's ranked at number two. I don't um, think anybody disputes that. No, he was an animal. You're mm -hmm. absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> just like the Muppets. The yeah, animal, just like right? the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they probably based him off of Keith Moon. Could be. Yeah. Could be. And unfortunately, he died in 1978, age of 32. But he was known for his exploding toilets. <laughs> they go to different places. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a mean, prankster, huh? <laughs> I mean, come on. I know. Boys. I know. You know. Boys will be boys. I know. Well, you know rock and roll. Yeah. But I mean, back in the 70s, this would, you know, nev this would never occur to a woman to do. No, I, I should say 60s and 70s. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So the who is considered one of the most influential rock bands of all time. They've sold over 100 million records worldwide. They're known for their unique style and their mega PA systems and synthesizers. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through their albums real okay. quick. My Generation, 1965, and that's, of course, the song Huge. My Generation yeah. and the Kids Are All Right. Their second album, 1966, A Quick One. Cute name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, third is The Who Sellout, 1967. I Can See For Miles is on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then in 1969, they did two huge festivals, Woodstock mm -hmm. and Isle of Wight. Also 1969, Tommy big deal huge deal big deal yeah. rock opera yeah I mean, it was it was such an innovation at that time mm -hmm. i know they were on the map but i think that that really put them on the map yeah the next album 1971 is who's next and that happens to be my favorite album won't get fooled again bob o'reilly yeah they're all wasted yeah yeah behind blue eyes talk about some of their lyrics if i swallow anything evil Put your fingers down my, down throat. my throat. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. I know. Next album is 1973, Quadrophenia. The Real Me also mm -hmm. is in that. Seven, Who by Numbers. And then they did the film, Tommy, in 1975 uh, with Anne Margaret. I'm sure you remember that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 78 is their eighth album, Who Are You? And then Keith Moon Passes. Uh, next album, Face Dances, 1981, with their new drummer. His name was Kenny Jones. Tenth album, It's Hard, 1982. 1983, they split. 
Mm -hmm. Occasionally they got back together, like they did Live Aid in 1985. Yeah. And in 1989, they did a 25th anniversary tour. In 1990, they're inducted in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by Bono and U2. Oh. And Bono was funny. He said, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, that it's written in rock and roll that all you need is love. But you need a PA system. <laughs> you need a good agent. You need some good songs, you know? Yeah. And you got to have a great nose. It's essential to have a great nose. <laughs> he, and he said the Beatles had Ringo. Mm -hmm. Faces had two. And then they gave Ron Wood to Rolling Stone. <laughs> so he was kind of, you know, saying, hey, with Pete Townsend's nose. You yeah. Know, you got to have a great nose. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was cute. Uh, they had a full reunion tour back in 1999, of which their drummer is now Zach Starkey. I think that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, this is so awesome. When he was a kid, he hung out with Keith Moon. Yeah, of course he did. You know, it was, I thought that this was su such an awesome story. I mean, can you imagine can growing you up imagine? with those guys? Mm -hmm. oh when you're a little kid and you're looking up and to this drummer. Oh my God. Well, and your father's a yeah. big drummer too, yeah. but still, I mean. I know. But you don't think of your dad like that. No, no, you know, no, you're you're of awe of Keith Moon. Uh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. 2001, they got a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Unfortunately, they have no competitive Grammy Awards. They do have three Hall of Fame Awards, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Well, I we, we've talked about this before. So many yeah. classic bands have zero Grammys. Yeah, I know. It's I, ridiculous. It, it really is. It's like the wrong category, I guess. It, like you can't I, do rock and roll. No, no. You know, it's like everything is poppy or, yeah. you know, like now we're talking about like hip hop or yeah. rap. Yeah, especially you know? now. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, they started working on a new album. And unfortunately, that's when John Entwistle passed. He passed in 02, 57. All right. So onward. Next album. Album number 11 is Endless Wire in 06. It was their first studio album with original material after 24 years. Wow. Pino Padalino was on bass and Pete's brother, Simon Townsend, was a second guitar. Not only has Zach been there since, mm -hmm. the same thing with Pino mm -hmm. and with Simon. So they're, st they're touring now. Wow. Their 12th album, 2019, it's called Who? And that was their first studio album within 13 years. So, and what's really interesting is one of the songs is called Detour, huh. which was their original name. Yeah. But that was pretty cool. And they're touring with the um, symphony orchestra, by the way. Cool. Yeah. So when the CSIs started, mm -hmm. the, all this CSI series, mm -hmm. when the first one started, you remember the one with William Peterson? That's my favorite one, the Vegas one. Me too. It's my Me favorite. Too. Yeah. Who are you? Oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, my God. The best. The, the best. best opening. Absolutely. Yeah. And then came the David Caruso one. Miami. Miami. Yeah. You love that one too. Again. Oh, yep. I love this. They're the and best they opening. They, oh, the best. These yeah. are the best. Yeah. Then is CSI New York with Gary Sinise. Mm -hmm. Bob O'Reilly. Yep. They're all wasted. It's I know. Great. It's so great. It's I'm, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I know. It and then, sets you up to love the shows before oh, they even start. Are you kidding me? Just the beginning of the mm -hmm. show, it draws you right in. Exactly. Just you because don't, of the, yeah. You don't fast forward through the title sequence. Oh, heck no. <laughs> Never. Never. And then there was a CSI Cyber with Patricia Arquette. Mm -hmm. I can see for miles. That only lasted for two seasons. But mm -hmm. still, I mean, it yeah. was in the same exactly yeah that was yeah. cool i, I loved really watching cool. yeah i loved yeah. watching those and yeah. not that the shows weren't good but they were helped along yeah by by the who they really yeah. were <laughs> oh yeah i think so too yeah this year they're doing a tour it's called the who hits back tour spring segment was in april and may and their fall tour will be in october and november this past april while they were in tampa bay they had some technical difficulties they, they finished with, I can see for miles. And then they took a, a short break during the break. One of the fans in the front yelled, do naked eye. 
of which Pete Townsend yelled back with some colorful language and said, we don't do effing requests, which reminded me years ago, Roger Daltrey was in, um, was at MSJ. I'm going to think it was about 12 years ago. And he had a couple people in the front were smoking pot. Mm -hmm. He's very allergic to smoke. And I can sympathize because I am too. Yeah. And he pretty much confronted the people and just said, hey, listen, if you're a fan of ours, you've got to know that I'm allergic. Please mm -hmm. have some consideration and don't smoke because it affects my voice and I can't sing. Uh-huh. But obviously, if you go see The Who, yeah, there's some rules. Yeah. Smoke <laughs> up in the parking lot. Some rules. <laughs> yeah. Don't smoke when you're in. Yeah, exactly. You should be smoking in there anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so also this year, they re-released some of their albums and remastered it with a technique, half speed, which produces a superior vinyl cut. My Generation was released on May 6th. It's Hard, which is a two album set, 40th anniversary edition was released on June 18th and was pressed on heavyweight orange and yellow vinyl. Cool. I thought that was awesome. That's awesome. It's, I saw it on Amazon. It's like $38, yeah, like yeah. right around there. On July 6th, they released their third and fourth in the series, The Who, Sellout, and Tommy. Hmm. So that's what's going on now for The Who. Wow. Yeah, so they're touring, they're remastering. Nice. All good stuff. It's nice to see that they're still working at it. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? no doubt. So I, I love their stuff. And you and I talked about that. It's not like I love, right? you know, but I got every album. Kind I, I of got love. every, yeah, right, right. yeah. I, I kind of don't have every album. Yeah. I like them. Don't get me wrong. I like them a lot. Me too. I like them a lot. And I have a bunch of their albums. Their stuff is just awesome. I liken them to the stones for me. They're a part of my growing up. Sure. You know, and sure. so when I do hear them, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm happy to hear it. I turn yeah. it up. I sing yeah. along. I know the words. They're just not a band that I cultivated. It's kind yeah, of the same thing. Same thing with me. Yeah. I know the players mm -hmm. and you're right. I grew up with them, mm -hmm. you know, so they're, they're close to my heart, but it's not like queen, queen. or Led Zeppelin yeah. for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're excellent. For my favorite W actor. I have chosen Robin Williams, who's one of my favorite comics. I love him as an actor too, but oh my God, he is so funny. He's a genius. He's a genius. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a comedic genius. Absolutely. Yeah. Robin McLaurin Williams was born on July 21st, 1951 in Chicago, Illinois. According to the birthday book, July 21st is the day of tragic comic controversy. Ooh. I know. I know. I almost wow. lost when I read that. Wow. Tragic comic means having both tragic and comic aspects. And if that's not Robin Williams, oh what the God. heck is? I have no idea. Was his picture next to it? I mean, seriously. His, his picture is in the book. He oh, is listed in the book. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But crazily, crazily, I don't know. Is that a, a I don't know. It is now. <laughs> it is now. In a quote from Robin, he says, life's a tragedy to those who feel and a comedy to those that think. So it can be a curse in that you find something funny in even the darkest thing. Hmm. The book yeah. says, try as they may, those born on July 21 cannot stay out of trouble for very long. <laughs> they hmm. seem to get caught up in exciting or unpredictable happenings, not of their own doing, but the more flamboyant the July 21st person is, the more likely they are to be at least partially responsible for it. Mm. And yes, Robin was definitely this, especially mm. when he was younger. Yeah. You know, partying yeah. with John Belushi, stuff yeah. like that, yeah, you yeah. know. Those born on this day have a fine sense of humor that usually sees them through. Wow. And performers born on this day love the excitement of appearing in public and are essentially exhibitionists. And he did that well. Yes. Their performance stance is usually highly physical and robust. I've seen so many specials and stuff with Robin where he's just go, go, go. He's sweating oh, yeah. bullets. He's oh, just yeah. physically exhausted. He's giving everything that he's got yeah. on that stage. Yeah. And the book keeps going on and on and on. Really, I could talk about it for another 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
but from what I can tell, it's just spot on for Robin. And like I said, he is featured and he's got a photo on there. Others born on this day are Ernest Hemingway, Don Knotts, John Lovitz, and Cat Stevens. Mm. Yeah. So he was discovered for the role of Mork from Ork right. in Happy Days. And uh, yep. Gary Marshall's sister, who was in charge of casting for Happy Days, found Robin performing on the street. No kidding. He had a hat out there for, you know, people uh -huh. to. Right. Give and uh, mm -hmm. there's like, you want me to hire a guy you found on the street with a hat? And she's like, well, it was a really full hat. <laughs> <laughs> and he auditioned and Gary told him to sit down and he sat on his head. And so Gary hired there him. You go. Like, That's what Mork did. Happy Days turned into Mork and Mindy. Yes. And it was very, it, it did so well. It did it really, really, really did. well. And you loved it. I loved it. You loved it. I'm going to just take two seconds here. Okay. There's an old movie theater on Route 1 back in the 60s, and it converted it to a flea market. And you and I went, as soon as you walk in, there was a, like a t-shirt place right on the right-hand side. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking you were three. You loved Mork so much. I bought you a little yellow t-shirt and I had them put Mork's, you know, the, the, the uh, triangle. It was like a triangle. No, right? no, no. Oh. It was his face. Oh, his, his face. face. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how they iron that thing on? Yeah. 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 I think I might have a picture of you in that. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd have to I vaguely back. remember that. I'd have to go back to the archives, <laughs> but yeah. I used to, I used to love that show. You loved him. I you know. loved him. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, know. I used to say Nanu Nanu too. <laughs> Shazbot. Okay. So Mork and Mindy is really where America was introduced to him. Right. And his trademark rapid fire stream of consciousness comedy with voices, impersonations, and one liners. Yeah. And they had to add another camera <laughs> to the show just to follow him around because he improv so much. He was off book so much. They couldn't follow him with the three camera setup. They had to do a dedicated camera just for him. He's like the king of improv, you know? I know. Every really time is. he went on somebody's show, whether it was like Leno or oh, Oprah yeah. or Johnny Carson, even going back yep. when, so much energy and just running around the place and hysterical. So it's good. almost like he couldn't just sit and have a conversation. No. You know? <laughs> no. It was like impossible. That would not have been him. No. He had to just go off and all yeah. over the place, yeah. which was great. Yeah. But you it's, could see that his brain just kept on working oh, the whole time. He probably reined it in a lot. Like if he had actually <laughs> let it go, <laughs> let it go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. His first feature was uh, doing Popeye in 1980. Yeah. And he was good. I, he was. I thought so. Remember anyway. his arms? <laughs> oh my God. They were so huge. His huge. forearms. Yeah. And he had the one eye closed all the time. Yeah. Like, ah, Popeye, you know, and, and he got a note from the studio to open his other eye. And uh -huh. he's like, it's Popeye. <laughs> I can't open my other eye. He's only got the one eye going. His, I think his big, really big break for movies in 1987 yeah. with Good mm -hmm. Morning Vietnam. Mm -hmm. where he played a DJ and he right. ad-libbed all of Adrian Cronauer's broadcasts. That's mm -hmm. all him. None of that was scripted. So every time he's on the radio, that's just him going. And they took so much stuff out. They couldn't even use, you know, I and mean, that's a rule of thumb, you know, just absolutely. keep filming and we could just edit it out. Yeah. It's amazing. And it was different because yeah. Adrian Cronauer was a real person. Wasn't quite like Robin Williams no, portrayed no, it. No, not at all. No, at all. but as a matter of fact, Pat Sajak took over for Adrian Cronauer when he moved on. Oh, how so about that? I know. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. In 1989, is one of my favorite movies, The Dead Poet Society. I liked it too. Where he played Maverick teacher John Keating, mm -hmm. and he used poetry to embolden his boarding school students to new heights of self-expression, where carpe diem was the mantra. Mm-hmm. This movie won an Oscar for best screenplay. By the way, Latin. Latin. Carpe diem. Seize the day. <laughs> yep. Robin Williams considered this movie one of his favorite films that he did and was attracted to the role of John Keating because it was the type of teacher he'd always wished he'd had. He mm -hmm. went to an all boys school when he was sure. young and he was big into his studies as well. 
His teaching made such an impression on me. I remember not only to seize the day concept, mm -hmm. but he does this thing in the courtyard with the boys walking. Mm -hmm. And when they start walking, they're all walking differently. And then as they do a couple of laps, they all kind of fall into step with one another. And mm -hmm. he's like, and sometimes conformity is fine, but don't forget to walk the way you walk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. And there's this other part where he stands on his desk to get a different perspective on the room. And he's like, as soon as you think, you know, something look at it a different way to mm. get a different perspective on it. Yeah. And, I remember this. Yep. These are the things that just yeah. it's like, they're small things, but you know, this movie came out in 1989 and I right. was, you know, right at that age where you're starting to build your own identity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, this stuff makes so much sense. So yeah. it was really informative for right. me. 1990 he did awakenings i loved that movie really good movie oh played, that is oh. so good yeah and robert de niro was in this and i mean yeah it's classic loved it it's such a sweet movie it's such a touching mm -hmm. movie. it really is another really touching movie was 1991's the fisher king with jeff bridges and amanda Plummer. Yeah. Yeah. he plays parry he's a homeless man right. who's got mental challenges right. and it, it really hits you in your heart what you think about people who are homeless. Yeah. You know? he, was, he wasn't afraid to dive into stuff no, like this. No, he was you not. Know? And he said that changed his perspective forever. Mm -hmm. You should take on things that help you grow as an individual. Yeah, and these absolutely. things definitely did. Absolutely. And I got to tell you something. There was that serious side of him that was mm -hmm. just so sensitive and mm -hmm. so thoughtful. I don't know if he ends his uh, comic stuff with that. He'll just make a statement and it's just so very thoughtful. Yeah. He's yeah. got a depth to him for sure. Yeah, very much a so. sensitive soul. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But then in 1992 in Aladdin, he played the genie. Mm -hmm. What I love about this is Robin improvised so much, <laughs> so much. They had 16 hours of material. And since he did that, they couldn't be nominated for best adapted screenplay <laughs> for the Academy Award because he improvised so much. Oh my God. But he was a major selling point for that movie. Absolutely. And yeah. he had, he had said like, don't make it all about the genie. Like, that's not why right. I'm doing this. And right. then Disney did that. And then there right. was a big hoopla about it. And yeah. eventually they worked it out. But the genie is one of those characters that stands up still 30 years yeah. later. Yeah. It's so good. But in 1993, one of there my favorite go. roles. Oh my God. Mrs. Mine too. Doubtfire. Hello. <laughs> He played Daniel and Mrs. Doubtfire so with Sally Field Loved and it. Pierce Brosnan. How many times have we seen that? Oh, I mean, come so on. many, so course, many. Really. And what's really funny about this is, is that, you know, when he does the meringue in the face? Yes. Okay. Yes. It falling off <laughs> into the coffee. That was not intentional. <laughs> it was dripping. Of course. Under the lights. They were so sure. hot. And sure. it, so he, he, he did that on his own. It's one of the best parts of the whole it was great. movie. Yeah. And because of the improv, again, Christopher Columbus would use two or three cameras when shooting Robin, <laughs> usually just do one. Right. Right. And he would, he would get in makeup mm -hmm. and then he would walk around San Francisco like that to see if he could would get he away really? with it. Yeah. Oh, my. oh yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, and what's incredible is all the voices that he oh, was able yeah. to do, you know, the imitations, the voices, he wasn't afraid to, um, I'm not going to say make fun of, but just imitate mm -hmm. different ethnic groups too. Sure. He, he just everybody. jumped right. Everybody. everybody, everybody had equal time. Everybody did. Yeah. You know, and everybody. I think that's probably why he could get away with it. Sure. was because he, he did doing everybody. everybody. Yes. He was doing women. He was doing men. Yes. He was doing all ethnicities, but, young, old, all, everything. All, yeah. Yeah. And plus oh, he was it, so good at it. He was, he was so good as, oh, how about when he did like little kid voices? <laughs> yeah. So cute. So, so cute. Adorable. Yeah. And then I want to mention another movie that I just absolutely adore. And that's 1996, The Birdcage. I love that movie too. He played so Armand funny. So funny. Oh my God. I just got goosebumps. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. 
he and Nathan Lane play a couple. <laughs> so funny. And they are very gay. Very. Very, very gay. And Hank Azaria and, is very gay, too. Oh, my God. Hank Azaria is amazing. He is. And he said that after. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, by the way. Yeah, me too. Yeah. After this, he realized that he did the voice based on his grandmother. He didn't realize he was doing it at the time. <laughs> that's funny. But that's how it came out. Yeah. And uh, Gene Hackman's in this as well. One of my favorite actors. Yeah. Yes. Love yeah. this movie. I know. I, I love, I love it, too. it. Now, Nathan Lane looks pretty good in drag. Gene Hackman does not. <laughs> no, no. When he, when he dressed up, no. no, no, that was pretty funny. He, but kudos to him for doing it. Though. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And Mike Nichols required Nathan Lane and Robin Williams to film at least one good take of each scene sticking to the script before they were allowed to improvise because it's something both of them are absolutely known for. Oh, Nathan for. Lane is big for that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> To but, have been on that crew boy. Oh, oh that would have been stitches awesome. all the time. Yep. And as a matter of fact, Steve Martin was supposed to have that role, Robin Williams' role, and Robin Williams was supposed to play the Nathan Lane role. No but it kidding. didn't work out. Yeah. Wow. So they had switched him up a little bit. Wow. Yeah. And Steve Martin had actually said that he had regretted not being able to do that role with Robin. Oh, how about that? Because they were good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this movie is one of my favorite movies. It's 1997's Goodwill Hunting. Mm hmm. He plays Sean McGuire, Matt Damon's character's therapist, and he won the Best Actor in a Supporting Role yeah. Oscar for this yeah. film. This was and good. You're talking about being heartfelt and being yeah. sensitive. That sensitive and, side. Yeah, and Absolutely. having that depth. Yeah. This role here really encapsulates that, I think, because you really feel from him how much he cared. And it was done in just such a touching way. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a scene, I don't know if you remember in the movie where Robin Williams and Matt Damon were on a bench in the public garden talking. Okay. And it seems like they're the only people in the park, but due to Robin Williams being a massive star at one point, over 3000 people were on location <sighs> watching that scene play out. Wow. And in 2014, after Robin Williams died, that mm -hmm. bench became kind of a memorial site people oh, were leaving awesome. flowers and clothes cool. and stuff yeah. at the bench right. so as i said he did die in 2014 yeah and unfortunately this, he was yeah. only 63 that's yeah sucks. and you know he had a syndrome i know that was yeah. really messing with his brain at yeah. that time yeah so this year they've created the comedy hall of fame which they're just calling the hall and this year's inductees are george carlin Richard perfect. Pryor, Joan Rivers. Oh, oh, this is all perfect. Go ahead. And Robin Williams. Oh, there you go. Yes. There you go. And some really great people inducted them in, one of being John Stewart. <laughs> We're big fans We're of We're big fans of John Stewart. Yes, we um, are. Dave Chappelle, mm -hmm. John Mulaney, and Chelsea Handler. It, I watched, cool. it was really nice. Cool. And they're going to start carrying that forward, which is good. I mean, why not comics? They do deserve yeah, a Hall exactly. of Fame as well. They've so, made a major impact on my life. Exactly. And you know, I mean, George Carlin. Oh, my God. All of these people yeah, are amazing. Crystal and Robin Williams. I Absolutely. Mean, Talk about Billy Crystal. And from 1986 to 2011, they did comedy relief. That right? was great. Robin Williams, Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. Billy Crystal. And yeah. they raised nearly 50 million dollars kudos for the to homeless. them for doing that yep mm -hmm. that was amazing and also i've seen robin williams on inside the actor studio with james lipton in 1994 it was yeah. really good too i mean that, that was, was really good, good. As a it was fact, amazing I recently watched it yeah and was he so was good. he was talking about his brain just keeps on running and it's mm -hmm. like what is going on in that brain? Yeah. What the hell's yeah. going on in there? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't even answer that question. No. He went no. off and he did this whole thing about the question. And while that interview was being taped, a man in the audience had to be hospitalized because he's... he got a hernia from oh, laughing so hard. hard. Oh <laughs> my God. Wow. It's so good. If you, wow. if you haven't seen that inside the actor studio, it's good. It's worth it. Yeah, yep. definitely. 
uh, Time Life has a special series going on that they're selling 12 DVDs of Robin Williams, which oh, includes wow. his HBO specials, some of his interviews with, uh, like, like I was saying, the Johnny Carson, the Leno, yeah. that sort of thing, and uh, some of the Mork and Mindy episodes mm -hmm. so it's 12 dvds for 100 bucks oh wow that's not bad yeah yeah and you get some booklets too with yeah. it i just saw this amazing yeah so that was my favorite actor robin williams i i totally get it i mean he was a fantastic actor mm -hmm. but my heart with him it's mm -hmm. comedy mm -hmm. absolutely yeah you know, it really sucks that he's not around because these are the kind of people that we need right now. Mm -hmm. The Robin Williams, the George Carlin, the Joan Rivers, who mm -hmm. was the fourth person that they're inducting? Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine if these guys were around right now? This is what we need. This mm -hmm. is the comedy that we need, considering what we're going through in this world right now. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, John Stewart said that. Oh, he when he said, did, oh, yeah. When you were talking, he's like, I miss him. I miss his oh. voice. I want, we all want to know what he would have to say. Absolutely. About this talking about George Carlin's dead. And occasionally he trends on Twitter. Wow. Because <laughs> the things that he said yeah. are still relevant and people post. And so yeah. he's trends Yeah, because we need those types of voices, the, those critical thinkers. We need those type of people because in addition to being poignant, they're hilarious. Yeah. And a wide range of people are interested in what they have to say, not yeah. just one small group. Those are the kind of people that build bridges, you know, yeah. and, and they, and they make you think they yeah. do. Yeah. I definitely miss mm -hmm. these people that just got inducted. All four you were, know? were fantastic. I, absolutely. How valuable they would be right now. Absolutely. Nano, nano. <laughs> last thing before we go okay i read this book called the power of when by michael bruce he's also known as the sleep doctor it expands on the idea of night owls and morning larks it okay. basically gives you four categories when you wound up being a bear the bulk of people are bears and mm -hmm. those type of people are daytime people they follow the nine to five schedule well i am a wolf <laughs> I am a nocturnal creature. <laughs> and this is why I have such a hard time fitting into society's schedule because I'm awake and alive at night and I can't do that, especially with a kid. Yeah. You have to be on this daytime schedule. So if you are finding yourself having trouble fitting in, go to the power of when and see what your animal type is and try and adjust your schedules so that you can fit a little bit more comfortably into these regular daylight hours. So okay. it does help. It does right. help. I think we're ready. Yeah. We appreciate you listening with that. We're out of here. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.